0: Good morning, Calvary Church. Uh, Pastor Eric here, and I'm excited for us to start this new series in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is about how Jesus is literally the greatest of all time, how Jesus is core, Jesus is central, He's superior to everything. Jesus is supreme. We decided to tackle this complex, long, pretty challenging book because knowing Jesus and knowing why we should center our lives around him is the most important thing that we can understand about ourselves and about this life that we live. And so here's just a brief intro into a little bit about what this book is about and how we can understand it better. Uh, First of all, we don't know who exactly wrote the letter, or even who the exact audience was for this letter. But we do know a couple things about that. We know that the author knew the disciples and had been with them, so it was a direct connection from them. Now, we know the audience to be Jewish believers in Jesus. And these Jewish believers had a real thorough and complete understanding of what we call the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures, specifically uh, the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. And so you see a lot of Old Testament references within the entire book. There's even uh, the first chapter has more Old Testament reference than it even has of new writing in that letter. So I encourage you to, when you come across these Old Testament references, look them up in their original context in the Old Testament and read some of that surrounding context that comes with it. And I even encourage you to read the whole uh, Torah, like to actually start reading the first five books of the Old Testament. Testament to familiarize yourself with it. And then as you read Hebrews, that your understanding will be that much better. And so we know that the the audience are these Jewish believers who had this full understanding of the story of God's covenant with with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their slavery in Egypt, then their deliverance with Moses into the wilderness, the giving of the law, the system of sacrifice, and then finally coming into the promised land. Now, we also know that the audience uh, was going through some uh, persecution and evil even imprisonment. And so what's happening is they're starting to waver in their faith. They're starting to doubt and even to go back to the old ways of the Jewish customs. And so this book is being written to help them to shore them up and to be faithful and remain faithful. And so part of that is that um, the author is telling them how Jesus is greater than everything else Jesus is greater than anything else he's greater than all of these old ways and specifically through the book it says that Jesus is greater than uh and superior to angels is where it starts and even the Torah they, that that Jesus is greater than the law Jesus is greater than Moses Jesus is greater than the priests and how The priests would have this uh, this sense of representing the people of Israel to God and offering sacrifices. There was even one priest that's talked about in Hebrews named Melchizedek that's different than all the other priests from a whole different line. And that priest is actually talked about in Genesis 14 in the story of Abraham and Psalm 110 verse 4. So I encourage you go read that. Check up on that. and, And you'll see how it says that Jesus is of the line of Melchizedek who's this sort of mysterious priest king and that Jesus is the ultimate priest and king. So Jesus is greater than all the other priests and Jesus is also greater than that whole system of sacrifice that they'd have to do every year. Jesus was a once and for all sacrifice. So the the author's telling them then, remain faithful despite the persecution you're going through, despite your fear of imprisonment, remain faithful, stay strong because Jesus is superior to all of this stuff, to everything else. And then finally the book ends with this challenge to them to, to live out and to follow this model of these great heroes of faith and that for them then to continue to how of how to remain faithful uh, through all of it because Jesus is better than anything else you could ever leave him to follow. So I look forward to studying this book together and really digging into it and seeing how we can be reminded that Jesus is supreme. Let's learn more about it even right now.
1: Hi, welcome Calvary family here. I believe this is week number six of our stay at home life. And I am picturing here in our empty worship center, many of you and where I expect you to normally be sitting on a Sunday morning. So we miss you right now. This is not ideal. But thank you for just joining with us and and worshiping because Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever as Hebrews talks about. And so he's worthy to be talked about whether we're live in person or whether we're on a screen. So my name is Matt Doan, one of our pastors here and I have the privilege to be joined by one of my best friends. We were in each other's weddings. Uh, This is my dear friend, Tim Nellis, our college young adults, men's pastor. So welcome Tim.
2: It's so good to be here. Like seriously, I don't think people know, but there's a few of my very favorite things in life period and sitting, across from Matt Doan mm-hmm. talking about Jesus, mm-hmm. having a cup of coffee mm-hmm. is ranks in my top ten. <laughs> I, I mean, I love these moments. So yeah. super fun to be here and to be able to share this with you.
1: Yeah, one of the things that Tim and I love to do is grab a cup of coffee somewhere around Tustin Orge or Santa Ana mm-hmm. and we talk about the Lord and we solve basically the world's problems in our <laughs> times together. Except <laughs>
2: we never know if it's the Holy Spirit or caffeine. Yeah, that is it, speaking, could be, so. it could be a
1: little bit of both. And so we're <laughs> anticipating something similar here. This morning, and we have an incredible passage to look at here this morning the first four verses of Hebrews. So let's look Mm -hmm. at it. Why
2: don't you read it for us? Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 4. God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He also made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. That is so good. It just blows me away. uh, like you were saying that this isn't a passage that maybe ranks in the in the mm-hmm. upper echelon of mm-hmm. passages that you normally think about but mm-hmm. after like kind of spending some time in it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we both fall in love with this. Yeah, this book is incredible. In fact, Mm -hmm. I
1: even remember back when we were both working with high school students 20 years ago, we taught through the book of Hebrews, but it's been a while since I've gotten to study this book. And so this is going to be an incredible Mm -hmm. journey for us together, but then also for our church over the next few weeks and months. And so we want to look at kind of three ways that God speaks. And you can see here in the text in verse 1 that God speaks through the prophets. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, it, you look through some of the old testament prophets guys like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and Zechariah and Micah Hebrews 11 later will say is the world was not worthy for people like this. And as Eric just mentioned, uh, the book of Hebrews refers back to the Old Testament so often, particularly here in chapter one. And according to my count, I may be off by a few numbers, but there's about 69 references in the Old Testament or in the book of Hebrews to the Old Testament. And I don't know if it was true for you, Tim, or not, but growing up and as a, a young believer, it was really hard for me to understand. I think the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament, I mean, they really mm-hmm. felt like separate stories in my mind. Was that true for you too?
2: Yeah, I think that's, uh, for me it was, and it's still at times, I'm like, okay, how does this fit in? It's, right. it's really interesting, actually, there's some college students that I'm kind of joining with over quarantine right now, and we are taking a seminary class in the Old Mm -hmm. Testament. And there's new things that are even connecting today as a 41-year-old who's been a pastor for a while. And so it's just super fun to see these things connect.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So the book of Hebrews shows us how connected the Old and the New Testament really are. As the ancient theologian Augustine once said, he said, the New Testament is the Old Testament concealed. And the Old Testament is the New Testament Revealed. And I love that thought. And here in verse 1, it says that the prophets spoke in portions, you can see on your screen. This original word was palmeros, which means fragments or. Parts. And so uh, as the Old Testament prophets spoke, picture it like, uh, we all are familiar with this today, like a Zoom call, right? So when you're on the screen on a Zoom call or FaceTime or whatever kind of way you're using to connect with people uh, online, you can see a portion of that person or you can see a portion of that location, which I'm really thankful for that yes. they can't see my entire house when I'm Zooming with people.
2: Or what we're wearing. Yeah, and, yeah,
1: yeah all exactly, that mm-hmm. exactly. So the Old Testament prophets were like a Zoom uh, for the whole story of God. They showed us this portion, this small picture of the greater story which was to come. Which in these last days hmm. is Jesus, right? Verse yes. 2.
2: And that's, I, I think that's such a beautiful kind of idea that it moves from like seeing someone on Zoom to jumping into a one-on-one in person where you see the whole setting. You yes. see the facial expressions. You hmm. you get the the feel for exactly who God is and how he hmm. speaks. And so we move into... Uh, some ways that God speaks mm-hmm. through Jesus and why Jesus? Like why nice. does he get to be the, the mouthpiece for God and why is he qualified? Mm-hmm. So before we get into this, I think there's some couple questions that are mm-hmm. super helpful in this process to ask yourself, not only today, but in life in general, but mm-hmm. especially through this entire series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first question I want everyone at home to kind of ask themselves is this, what comes to your mind when you think about Jesus? Jesus. We all have like these pictures of Jesus and this idea of Jesus and it's connected with our childhood and it's connected with the bible stories we've read mm-hmm. it's connected with maybe people in our lives that have represented him and experiences and our own discovery but that's such an important question because when we have something come to our mind, it it determines how we behave and it determines how we relate with them and how we talk with them and how we listen to them. Mm -hmm. So that's the first question. Mm -hmm. The second question, which I think is Mm -hmm. equally, if maybe even not more important, is to answer this. What comes to Jesus's mind Mm -hmm. when he thinks about you? Mm -hmm. And I think we also have uh, some ideas that are deeply ingrained in us With this question. Hmm. A lot of us carry shame or we carry guilt or we carry what maybe has been put upon us by parents Hmm. or teachers or coaches or just people in our lives. Hmm. And we have this idea of how Hmm. Jesus thinks about us. Hmm. And the more we can kind of become honest with both of these questions Hmm. and start to actually really. Reconcile what we think about Jesus and then start to believe what he mm. thinks about us. Mm-hmm. it changes everything, yeah, and the book of Hebrews addresses both of those questions doesn't it yeah that, mm-hmm. and that's one of the beautiful things about it is it constantly is going back to both of these mm-hmm. so what i 'm going to do is i 'm going to get into five reasons why Jesus is considered Uh, qualified to speak for God to us. Mm. And so I think a lot of times when we go through a sermon we try to get all the information and in that process we get none of it. I don't know if it's like that for you. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Where you're just like, I'm going to get it all and then I don't even remember what it's about. So if you are sitting at home, and for you, and even for me, I just want you guys to choose one of the five mm-hmm. to focus on, mm-hmm. to kind of carry, through, uh, the, carry with you through the week, mm-hmm. to chew on, to meditate on, and let that be the thing that you kind of pull away mm-hmm. from today, and even share it with your friends, share it with the people in your house. I chose this aspect of Jesus because, mm-hmm. and then see what it does to your heart, because mm-hmm. any one of these can so, really be life-changing. Yeah. So we pick it up in verse two, it says, in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. And here's the first thing, whom he appointed heir of all things. Mm. I think this idea that God has chosen Mm -hmm. to give all things, which means everything to Jesus, that he is the one who is considered worthy to receive and to control and to own all things. And the reason we see even in Philippians chapter two is he sacrificed, he lived as a servant, he lived perfectly, he accomplished all the things that were required by God Mm -hmm. in order for them to be an inheritor, to be an heir. We even see how at the end of chapter two, that whole beautiful passage, it says that that God gave Jesus the name above all names and that the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And so that in itself is incredible. But then it blows your mind because God says, not only is Jesus the heir of all things, but if you believe in him, mm-hmm. that you and I and everyone else are co-heirs with Christ. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> that he's like, I'm going to have everything and then I'm going to share it all. Yeah. And you get to receive what I receive. Yeah. So that's the first thing about Jesus that's hmm. amazing in this hmm. passage. We look at the next, uh, the next line. It kind of uh, just blows me away. I love how it's almost like a caveat, like an add-on. Right.
1: By the way. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah,
2: and. Right? And he says, uh, all things. Um, and he made the world. It's like through him, yeah. he made the world. Right. So I, I think of myself as a fairly creative person mm-hmm. and I have this creative process. I found some succulents in my backyard mm-hmm. this last week and I've rearranged them in little planters mm-hmm. and, and thought that they, yeah, they looked pretty good. I saw it through Zoom. It looked really good. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really sad, actually. But it was like my creative process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so amazing that that creative process has been put in every one of us yeah. as someone who carries the image of God. Yeah. Yet the one who created the world mm-hmm. is Jesus. Mm-hmm. In Colossians, it talks about this. In one sixteen, mm-hmm. it says, For by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Wow. Like that alone, to think that that, that being, that, that Jesus wants to speak to me to you to us and has words for us and a message for us Mm -hmm. that we can listen to it blows me away so the second thing is he's the creator Hmm. the of the world if we keep going we see the next portion and it says that he is the radiance of his glory Now, here's one of the things I love about this. I don't know if you experienced this too. Like, you're like, okay, I have a pretty good idea of what God is like and a pretty good idea of what Jesus is like. And then I I think about that that line in Shrek, right? Like, ogres are like onions. Um, Like... Like there are so many layers, right, to God <laughs> that you're like, oh, I fully discovered like what I need to know about him. And then all of a sudden there's this different layer and you're like, mind is starting to blow up again. Right. And I, I'm finding the older I get, and the more I learn, yeah. the less I know. Yeah. And it just yeah. leaves me hungry to mm. understand more about him. And so that even mm. happened in this, mm. this idea of the glory of God, hmm. right? So if you look at uh, the word glory in the Hebrew, it's kabod, I think. Mm-hmm. I always put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable when it comes to talking <laughs> through. To <laughs> so kabod, um, but that literally means weight. Yeah. So he's talking about the glory of God, the kabod of God, the weight of God. And you think about it kind of like this way. Imagine like a kiddie pool that is mm-hmm. filled to the top uh, with water. And then me... And all my glory (laughs) gets in it and the water is displaced, right? It flows out. And that's exactly what God's glory does is Mm. when it enters the room, nothing else can stand up to it. It overtakes everything. So you think about the things that God's glory has come to overtake. You think about fear and sickness Mm. and demons and rulers Mm. and Mm. chaos and Mm. disease and plague. Mm And God's glory displaces all of it. It's all disrupted by God's glory. It's all disrupted and nothing can stand up against it. Hmm. And I just want to give you a little personal, uh, you can take this either as a compliment or as an insult, but you (laughs) are... (laughs) far less glorious <laughs> than you were a couple years ago. So uh, well done on dealing with some Not of your... I'm Not even sure what
1: that means. I but don't all, either. All, thank you. <laughs>
2: uh, but anyway, so we, we move on and we think about like, what's an example of this? And I think of mm-hmm. uh, Exodus Exodus 33, when Moses asks to see God's glory. Wow. And God's like, you can't handle my glory, it will displace you. Yeah. If I dis- show you my glory, you will cease to exist. Mm. And, and Moses is like, but I, I just want a glimpse. Can you please show me? And so it tells us that God takes Moses and puts him into this cleft of the rock. So he has a super limited, narrow view. And it says that God passes by with his back mm-hmm. to the rock. Mm-hmm. And that tiny exposure, of the radiance Mm -hmm. of God's glory causes Moses' face to glow Mm. for days, (laughs) right? And so you think about, whoa, think about the power of that. And then when it describes Jesus, Mm. it says, and he is the radiance of his glory. Wow. That's the third. Mm. The next, and he is the exact representation of his nature. Mm I know a lot of people, they want to know what God is like. Is, what is God like? The God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. How does God feel about things? Does God care about things? What is God really like? Mm-hmm. And if you really, mm-hmm. really want to know what God is like, he completely shows you mm-hmm. in the person of Jesus. That Jesus is the exact representation of the nature of God. Mm-hmm how he thinks, how he talks, how he acts, how he cares. Mm. That Jesus, as you look at him in the Gospels and you understand his interactions, is representing God perfectly. Mm. It's an amazing thing to think that we have such a picture into something Mm -hmm. that is so divine. And then, lastly, we look at this, and that he upholds all things by the word Mm -hmm. of his power. Mm -hmm. I love there's this illustration that that Tim Keller gives about this idea of of kind of the the vastness of God. Mm -hmm. And so he holds up a piece of paper and he says, imagine the width of the paper right here, Mm -hmm. like the thickness of the paper represents the distance between the earth and the sun, which is 92 million miles. Mm -hmm. He's all, in order to to display the the distance between the earth and the next closest star Mm -hmm. to us other than the sun. He says, you need a pile. Here's 500 sheets of paper, right? Right. Here's a pile of 500 sheets. You need a pile 70 feet, 70 feet tall just to show the distance between the earth and the next closest Mm -hmm. star. Now, if you were to wanna measure the diameter of the Milky Way galaxy, you would need a pile of paper 310 <laughs> miles high just to show that amount of distance. Right. And the Milky Way galaxy is one of millions yeah. of galaxies in our universe. And then you look at this phrase, hmm. that he upholds all things by the word of his power. It's incredible. That's not, the, that's not the person that you ask to be your personal assistant. Right, right. That's the one that you worship with everything and give everything to. Hmm. And as you kind of grab on just to one of these ideas and carry them, I think something's gonna to start to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you kind of reminded me of this. Mm-hmm. I, I've read it a long time mm-hmm. ago. Uh, it comes from the, the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. And if you have never read the Chronicles of Narnia, there is literally probably no better time in your <laughs> life than to read through this uh, series. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. But in it, the character Aslan represents Christ and he is the lion. And there's this interaction between him and Lucy that is just this beautiful thing that I think kind of paints a wonderful picture. So Lucy runs up and places her arms around Aslan, and then he says, he says, Welcome, child. Hmm. Then Lucy says, You're bigger. Hmm. That is because you are. And then Aslan says, I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. Hmm. And I think there's no bigger truth than that with us. That the more we grow, the older we get, the bigger Jesus is and the better he is. Yeah,
1: isn't Hmm. this a great passage? Oh, I know, right? And And that's just touching it.
2: And it keeps going too, as you continue
1: in verse three, it says, when he had made purification of sins. Now, this is the same word that's used to describe the Jewish ritual of hand washing. So, hmm. washing your hands wasn't invented just during <laughs> this coronavirus uh, season. Uh, it was something that the Jews took really seriously. In fact, in the era of the temple, Jewish people were constantly washing hmm. their hands. They would wash their hands uh, before they ate bread and they would actually wash their hands after they ate bread. They would wash their hands before they ate fruits and vegetables. They would wash their hands before they went to the temple to worship, and then after they went to the temple to worship. They were even instructed, I read this, to wash their hands after they woke up from a nap (laughs) or after an entire night of sleeping, when they woke up in the morning, they were called to wash their hands. They were called in a sense to purify themselves. Hmm. So the author of Hebrews uses this same word to talk about the idea that Jesus has washed not our hands, but our hearts, Mm -hmm. and he has washed them clean of sin. That is the one that we worship and look to. We celebrated this last week at Easter, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that Jesus came into this world. He lived the life that none of us could live, that certainly you and I could not live. Jesus went to the cross, not because uh, he deserved it, but because we deserved it. Jesus was innocent. But without the shedding of blood, as Hebrews will later tell us, uh, there can't be a forgiveness of sins. So Jesus shed his blood on the cross and died for our sins to purify us from our sins. And then as the Bible wonderfully says, on the third day, we celebrated this a week ago, but we celebrate it every day, right? So good. We celebrate the Mm -hmm. idea that Jesus rose from the dead, the Mm -hmm. truth that Jesus resurrected. And so because of that, it is finished, the sin that we so struggle with has been paid for on the cross it's been purified by jesus it's it's amazing yeah. and then it says later on in verse 3 he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high meaning that in his authority it's done and that word sat down is actually in the aorist imperative which means in the past it's in the past tense and so this has been done mm-hmm. it's been proven We can bank on the truth, according to Hebrews, that Jesus has purified the sins of those who place their faith in him as the Savior, the leader, the
2: Lord of their lives. And he's speaking to us today, right? Yeah. It's amazing. And the message he has is one of love. Yeah. And one of acceptance and wanting to know us. Mm -hmm. Not of distance Mm -hmm. and judgment. Mm -hmm. Wow. How beautiful is that? Mm -hmm. And we finally look at verse 4. It says, having become as much better than the angels, he has inherited a more excellent name than they. I think that's so interesting because this idea of mm-hmm. God speaking mm-hmm. through prophets, he also spoke through angels. In yeah. fact, there's a lot of theologians that actually think that during that period of time mm-hmm. between Malachi and Matthew, that that was one of the primary ways that mm-hmm. God spoke uh, to his people mm-hmm. was through angels. And we even see him speaking to to Mary and Joseph, the wise yeah. men, mm-hmm. like constantly coming and speaking through angels who mm-hmm. carried all this authority. So there was kind of like a fascination with angels. Right. And I think about like, we've gone through like some of those too. Like mm-hmm. there's a show, Touched by an Angel. Or if you go <laughs> way back, there's a show called Highway to Heaven with yes, Michael Landon. Yes, Michael Landon. The guy from Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but there's always been this like, Like, what if an angel talked to me? Hmm. Like, what would, that would be amazing. And yet we have the one who is so much better than the angels, always available and wanting to speak to us. Yes. Which is just amazing.
1: And as we've referenced, he's speaking to us uh, through our world. He really is right now. The stay-at-home world, God is loudly speaking to us. And I believe he's asking us the question, do you believe that I'm supreme? Right now, Are you running to me as the supreme authority and comfort and power of your life right now? In other words, are you captivated by Jesus? And I want to ask that of both of us and of you right now as you sit uh, in your living room holding your warm drink, maybe with a blanket around you. Are you captivated by Jesus? Or have your affections for Jesus grown bored, uh, dim, and cold? I had a privilege uh, in January uh, my wife Marie, her cousin from Chicago Jean, if you're watching from Chicago Hi Jean, but she came out to visit us here in Orange County and we decided to go whale watching. We went over to uh, like Davies Locker yeah, in Newport yeah. and went out on a the, uh, bay there in Newport and I've never seen a whale in one of those um, whale watching e- expeditions before but in January we actually found, or not we, but <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the boat found two 30 foot whales and we ended up following these whales for about 45 minutes. It was just incredible. And at first, as the whales were coming out of the water and their tails were coming in and going back down in the water, I was just captivated. I was amazed. And I had my phone out and I'm taking video of all of this. And every time the whale would kind of peek above the water, crest above the water, be like, oh, the whole boat would be like, whoa. <laughs> but then I have to admit, like after about 20 minutes of following the whales, these 30 foot massive animals um, I, get, I kind of started getting like a little bit bored. Like I was, instead of capturing them with my phone, I started kind of just looking at my phone <laughs> of like who was messaging me or something. And, and here I was, it just kind of hit me this ironic moment of like, we're following these giant, mm. amazing creatures and I'm already bored of it. And I'm wondering if at times we're following an amazing, majestic Jesus, the one who created mm. whales. And yet we can grow bored and unaffected by his greatness, we'll, we'll read later in Hebrews in chapter two, it says, for this reason, we must pay closer attention to what we've heard so that we will not drift away. Church, my family here at Calvary, we are called to have our affections turn towards the greatness of the Jesus that we're reading about here in Hebrews. And so Tim and I wanna usher us a challenge during this stay at home life. We want to issue you a challenge to read the entire book of Hebrews this week. And you could even do it in one sitting. It takes about uh, an average reader about 45 minutes to read through the 13 chapters of Hebrews. We want to challenge you to read through this book and then even refer back to the two questions that you mentioned, yeah. right? Yeah. So what, what would you even, you've walked through Hebrews before, what would you even encourage us as we read through this book?
2: Yeah, that was one of my like the things that kind of really changed my view of Jesus as I was reading this kind of commentary and they said how some people think that the book of Hebrews is actually one single sermon. And I'm just like, well, if I want to like actually get it, I might as well read it all at once. And when I did that, my mind and my heart for Jesus just grew exponentially. But there is a lot of stuff in Hebrews that's kind of complicated when it comes to understanding like the sacrificial system of the the Jewish people and like a lot of the history. Eric alluded to this. Um, But if, I just wanna encourage anyone, if this is your first time ever opening the Bible, I think there's huge value in reading it, but especially for those who maybe have grown up in the church and kinda like been to a lot of Sunday school classes and have a lot of this base knowledge that I think you'll be able to navigate through this. And I think what the result of it's gonna be is life-changing. So I encourage, especially those who maybe have like some base knowledge when it comes to these things, Read through it in one sitting. Like just spend some time and say, God, would you speak to me? And would you help me to understand what my current view of you is? And will you help me to understand what your view of me is as a result? Amen.
1: Amen. So one of the ways we want you to respond today is through this challenge. And you can actually, there's a button on our website. You can click on it. And we'll walk you through some steps of how to do this. And we're going to have some fun with it this week. Another way we want you to respond, maybe you just found our live stream by random accident, but we believe there is no accident that's random here today that God has directed you to hear this message from Hebrews. And we encourage you, if you are ready to place your faith in Jesus Christ, simply admit that you're a sinner. Confess your sins, repent of your sins and ask Jesus to be the savior, the leader, the Lord of your life. You can do that right now. In fact, you can text us and let us know that you're making this decision today. Last Sunday on Easter Sunday, we had eight people text us and let us know that they had placed their faith for the first time in Jesus. And so you can do that right now. And if you are checking us out for the first time, we'd love to hear from you. You can fill out the card digitally online. Let us know you're here. We promise uh, that we're not going to show up at your house today, but we want to just even welcome you to the Calvary family and give you some good resources uh, as you join uh, our family. We need you here at Calvary. And for all of us, a great way for us to respond is by giving. And thank you for all of you that have so generously been giving over these six weeks of doing this live stream thing. You have been very gracious in your generosity. And we just challenge you to keep that up as we support both the general needs, our offering here at our church, and then above and beyond our offering, supporting our REACH fund as we care for our missionaries around the world. People like Moran Rosenblitz, who Rosenblitz, who's on the front lines in Jerusalem, passing out food even right now to those that are hurting and hungry. Or Pastor Bertie in Albania at our sister church, who's trying to figure out how to support his 27 teachers while their English school is shut down. And so you're giving, goes directly in our reach fund to help people like Moran and Birdie. And so let's respond church to the great words of Hebrews. Let's respond to Jesus here this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've gathered us all over Orange County and around the world here this morning, God, to hear from your word. God, I pray that we wouldn't walk away unaffected That it wouldn't be just something like a whale-watching adventure where we're amazed in the moment, but then we eventually grow cold and bored. God, use this wonderful book to help us see how great and supreme you truly are. And Lord, may we respond right now in our acts of offering and service. We pray this in the wonderful name of the name above all names, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. And my prayer is that we would continue to have a vision of Jesus as supreme. I look forward to going through this each week uh, in this incredible book of Hebrews, that we would be inspired by the supremacy of Christ. And uh, with that, too, I want to welcome all of you again that are guests. And we hope for you to connect with us beyond just this service. And a way that you can do that is through the card. And as you fill out the card, you also have an opportunity to check in for charity and to support one of these incredible ministries that we partner with here at Calvary Church. And then we're able just to help you understand what else we have going on in the life of Calvary beyond Sunday mornings. And uh, one other huge thing that you can do is to be able to participate in the Alpha Course. Um, we're learning more about how Jesus is supreme and we want to know Jesus more. And you probably have a lot of questions. Maybe you came to our Easter service last week or you've been just learning more about Christ. The Alpha Course is a way for you to be able to ask questions and have questions answered about who is Jesus the meaning of life, and what this is all about. Uh, So go to calvarylife.org and sign up for the Alpha course all online through Zoom so we can send you the link to be able to be part of that course. And even for you to invite those friends of yours that uh, you've been inviting to our Easter services as well. Uh, We also have our midweek live streams throughout the week. We'd love for you to be part of all of that. But now I'd like to pray, to close our time, and to pray this blessing over each one of you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the way that we have learned today about how you are supreme. You are central to all things. I pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to us, that we would know you more, Jesus. And that would help us to keep our eyes fixed on you through all of the hard days and the dark days and the, the glorious days as well. Uh, I just encourage you to receive this blessing now as I pray this over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance to you and may he give you peace. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for being part of this service. God bless you as you continue your day.